0: Welcome to the Aspiring High Performers Podcast, the show where we embrace both the challenges and the beauty of our high performance journeys and aspirations. I am your host, Sana Koyanen, a former professional athlete from Finland who is now guiding others to excel through mental performance coaching and breathwork in Denver, Colorado. And together we are on a mission to achieve greatness without compromising our well-being or happiness anymore. So join me as we connect with experts, thought leaders, and inspiring individuals from the worlds of sports and high performance. We will uncover the stories, tools, and insights needed to craft and improve our own high-performance lifestyles. So get ready, because this journey promises to be both enlightening and enjoyable. Hello, and in Finnish. In this insightful episode that was also recorded on Instagram last year, our guest is Rachel Adams, an Olympian and a former professional volleyball player from top of the world, seriously. And she has now turned into an athlete mentor and a coach, and she delves deep into the unique challenges faced by female athletes. However, if you are a male athlete, I would still listen to this one because the challenges might actually be pretty similar. And she's drawing from her personal experiences in emphasizing the heightened pressure and self-doubt that female athletes often endure, especially at her level. So she highlights the importance of positive self-talk and explains how she was able to start changing hers as well as the perfectionism in her that had previously robbed the chance for joy and confidence. And one of my personal favorite parts of discussion revolves around the importance of creating a safe and trusting team environment where athletes can hold each other accountable in a constructive manner, because it's so tricky and it's so challenging. So I am happy to say that so many of you will for sure find this episode valuable as it is her explaining the lived experiences so there's no flaw for theoretical ideas only that has never been tested in actually real life and these highly competitive environments. So please enjoy the ideas and advice for overcoming mental barriers and achieving personal excellence in sports and beyond because so many of the things that we're doing in sports are applicable also in the life after sports. In addition, if you are feeling supportive today, there probably is someone in your life that would really benefit from this podcast episode, so maybe consider sharing this episode with them. But anyways, let's get you started now. So for those who might not know you or who know you, how would you describe yourself?
1: Oh, God, how would I describe myself? I'll definitely say I'm creative. Uh, I love going for what I want. Um oh. And I'm also very in tune with, you know, making sure others feel like comfortable around me and I'm not like the they're not like the lone wolf or feel left out. Um, so I want to make fe- people feel comfortable and seen. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a Gemini, so I'm a true like double personality. Like sometimes I need my alone time, but sometimes I love like interacting with people. So, yeah, definitely like a mix. A lot of. Stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And other question in the beginning is like, what are you currently reading?
1: Um, I'm actually reading. It's a book about listening with intention because I want to be a better listener. I know sometimes I'm a big like, um, I'm talking with someone and they say something and like, oh, like I know my response. Then I stop listening. So I want to be a better like listener and ask better questions. In touch with the conversation.
0: Yeah. Awesome. I- Asked you like a list of your favorite books or um, for this live, and then just the list that you sent was like just I don't know like my favorite list too. It's like okay, this is gonna be amazing. And so I know you read a lot now, but was it always in the least?
1: Um, so I would love to say that like I'm so, you know, I have that discipline to read like a chapter before bed, but it's definitely like I buy the books and I pick them up like when the time is right. Um. And it is, like, kind of how I started, like, my journey with, like, self-help and growth. I think it was, like, um, what was that book back, like, Oprah introduced, like, years ago, like, um, with Eckhart Toll. Do you remember her? Power of Now? Yeah, The Power of Now. And, like, that just opened my mind to, like, whoa. And so I just, like, dove yeah. in more to just, like, learning. And, like, I was always in this book course. I <laughs> yeah. read that book. I was, like... If,
0: <laughs> yeah, I remember that book too. Because when I read it, I was like, and almost kind of like, how stupid have I been when I've been just like living either in the future or just like focusing on the past and just missing the present moment completely, where actually everything happens. Uh, I loved that book. It did give me a lot of perspective where all the good things actually happen and what often cause like causes the suffering in my life. And so that's a good recommendation for people who might have any kind of similar <laughs> challenges in their lives. That That's a great book to read. Um, but I also want to dive into your story because I think that's going to be a very big part of it. Like, what, how did you learn so much in your life? So how did you start playing volleyball?
1: Um. So I hope this story isn't repetitive for people. But for me, playing volleyball was a complete accident. Um, I was spending the night at um, one of my best friend's house and she asked me, like, do you want to come with me to the incoming freshman volleyball camp or sleep in? Like, just let me know. Though, for some reason, I decided to not sleep in and um, go with her. And I brought my summer reading book and I asked the coaches if I could sit on the sideline while my friend played volleyball. And they said, OK. And then five minutes later, they asked, like, do you want to join and I joined, I was absolutely terrible, like all people, <laughs> um, you know, had the fancy volleyball stuff and I was tragic, but I just fell in love and I came back the next day and the next day um, and I wanted to come back for more and that's just how I felt.
0: Yeah, and how did you then get to scholarship, like uh, do a college right away with the scholarship? Was yes. That, uh, how it went for you? Yeah. So,
1: it was I had like a lot of like natural athletic ability, so it attracted a lot of coaches, and so I did have a lot of offers, and I ended up going to the University of Texas, and it was amazing. Um, and you know, through that, like since I did start so late in volleyball, uh, you know, I had this limiting belief that I wasn't enough, and um, I carried that all the way through my time with the national team, which is crazy because you know, like you would think, like okay, after you go to Texas, like, you're like, okay, I'm fine. And then after that, you're in the USA gym, you're like, okay, cool. But like, I still had that belief that I was so far behind everyone on the court. And, um, you know, that's what made me dive into learning about mindset after a coach asked me, like, why does it look like you don't deserve to be out there? And I was like, yeah, like there, why am I playing small? Like what is going on? So I just dove into like, you know, mindset and what was going on in my brain and what was I thinking and what was I believing myself and like, my skills and my journey.
0: Yeah, so do you think it then came from, like, using Little Late and, like, from the oh. old times that you felt like you were not enough?
1: Yeah. Beliefs and I noted like, I don't feel enough or I'm not capable. I had to, like, dive back and, like, like where did I first pick this up? Where did this thought first begin um, and I realized that it was like day one of me walking into the volleyball gym or me deciding I want to play volleyball and feeling like I am behind and so I carried that you know with me um you know no matter what gym I walked in like everybody was playing longer than me so yeah
0: yeah and so that's so interesting I think that's a good example of that like it actually comes from the first day you walked in the gym even though you had like crazy success afterwards and Texas is a very, very good school for those like who might come from Europe and not know. Texas is a very good school, but then how, like still carrying that mindset, all the feeling of like you're behind is something that was kind of like slowing you down. But yeah. did you then realize at some point that you want to become a pro or how did the shift go from college then to pro? So that <laughs> was actually,
1: so, I was graduated from advertising um mm-hmm. and i was preparing my resume to go to new york volleyball was not in my mind because i had no idea how to play overseas or what that transition looked like but i was a, a demo player at a coach's clinic for teen usa um and so i asked one of the coaches that was there i was like how do you get overseas and he's like hey i have a contact how about you reach out and so i reached out and my the agent was like i have something for you in poland and so I was like, okay, sure. And that's how my career started.
0: Yeah. So it wasn't like a dream necessarily.
1: What? But it was, you know, because like it's such a disconnect. Now it's more mm-hmm. of a vision for athletes that are in college now because they have social media. They know what it looks like to see athletes being overseas. And, you know, FIB has like games readily um, on the internet so you can see, like, what Champions League looks like. But I had no yeah. idea of what anything, and most Americans didn't. You know, at the, the time, like, Azerbaijan was a popular country. I was like, Azerbaijan, like, why are people playing? Car- <laughs> like, what is going on there? I had no yeah. idea. And, like, my agent was like, oh, this team is in, like, uh, the second year I signed for another team in Poland, and, like, this team is in Champions League. I was like, what is Champions League? You know, like, mm-hmm. dead. like I
0: Yeah. And I think it's just interesting to hear hear those stories. But it doesn't mean that people wouldn't be able to achieve those things if they have moments of like where they lack the ability. It will be inspiring for sure for so many people who might be now playing and having those moments of doubt. Like maybe they are not playing at their own level or they feel behind. And then hearing that like, no, it doesn't need to be that way. You can still make it happen for you and whatever the dream is for you. But And so what time... Uh, when did you make it to the national team then? Um, so in
1: 2013 was my first time in the national team because 2012 um, was the Olympic. So they weren't like inviting anybody. And then from 2012 mm-hmm. to 2013, they made a coach change. So that's when Karch became coach. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, yeah, so 2013 was my first summer with Team USA. Yeah. How was that for you? I mean, it was great. So... No, like, well, everything was kind of new because like we had a new coach, we had um a new way we wanted to play volleyball, a new like culture we wanted to create. Um and so luckily it wasn't like something I was coming in and it was like already like, you know, perfectly established. So I felt like I was yeah. in the process of like creating what was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I still, you know, you're walking in the gym with like Olympians and uh, other players that you've seen that play before you but like honestly that's when my dream ke- became real was when I did see um the 2012 Olympics and I saw that me and the girls on Teen USA I have either played with or I played against in college and I was like yeah they were just there with me and now they're at the Olympics like that's when my like my vision came to life like that's awesome to create it I was like okay I can do that. And so I literally took a screenshot. I was like, where's the next Olympics? And I said it was in Rio. And I was like, okay, I screenshotted the logo. It's still in my phone. I was like, I'm going to be there. And so it's crazy, you know, that it like came to life. But when, yeah, I definitely had those limiting beliefs. And there's a lot of, you know, we're competing in the USA gym for the same spot, but also trying to be like the best teammate that you can be. Mm-hmm. Um, And also, you know, trying to like make sure you have that confidence but also learning new stuff and you know like we had an amazing mindset or sports like uh Mike Gervais who like just opened my mind to a lot of stuff um yeah and I, I learned a lot yeah so
0: what did you think or consider now when you look back what allowed you like in a mindset wise like really compete at a confident level but still staying in that growth mindset Mm. with those oh like because you had a big dream and it totally like I'm sure it required a lot of competitiveness in order for you to take that spot. So how are you able to do it?
1: I had the coach that came up to me and I was like, why does it look like you deserve you don't deserve to be out there because obviously I was starting and and he's like, what's going on? And I was like, oh, whatever, I'm fine. But I realized that, you know, I really wasn't taking up space. Like I'd make a mistake and I hang my head and I feel like I'm the only one making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I felt like I had to be perfect and I put a lot of expectations on myself and I never really just like enjoyed my time in the court. Yeah. So, you know, like when I started learning about like, you know, perfectionism and how like you know, people love to be like, I'm a perfectionist, but like, I learned like it's a double like sword, like, yeah, and mm-hmm. then like push me to get so far in my career. But like, it also held me back from never feeling like I'm good enough or like only focusing on my mistakes or never celebrating my little wins or, um, only focusing on the outcome and not the progress that I've made. Yeah. Um, and just putting unrealistic expectations on myself and, I remember one article I read was like, you know, look around the gym and like pick the best person in the gym that, you know, and for me, you know, in, in that time it was like Jordan Larson, it said like, then has she ever made a mistake? And I was like, yeah. And it's like, did you just think she was the worst player in the world? And I was like, well, no. And like, you know, like you were like, oh, Jordan made a mistake. Like anyways, like, and like, why can't you give yourself that same grace? You know, like why, in the, when you make a mistake, it's like I'm the worst. Or like you get frustrated, or you think it says something about you. And then I was like, whoa, that really such a bully to myself. Well said. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So was that a that definitely was a prog- progress for you? How oh, were you able to make that basis mm. that like you recognize it like, okay, I'm hard on myself because I think many people do recognize it. Like, yeah, I'm kind of a perfectionist, but I don't know the other way either. Like, I don't know how to solve yeah. this because I think this is how I get. It. If I become like, if I'm satisfied with what I do, then I'm not driving myself to the edge where I should be in order to develop. So how did you find that balance?
1: I self-talk and... Um, with the national team, our coach or our sports like asked us like, okay, like how is your self-talk? And I was like, self-talk, like I don't talk to myself, like crazy (laughs) people do that. And so he's like, during practice, I want you to like, just be aware of how you, what's going on in your head after you make a mistake, what's going on in your head. Like when you want to do something great, like what is just, just be aware. I was like, okay. I was serving. I miss a serve. God, you suck, Rachel, like you are a serve. like why can't you do this? And I was like, oh, that is self talk like got it, and it's like i I learned like your the words you tell yourself were either lift you up or tear you down, and I was like tearing myself down, you know, like um, and I real and I realized like you know, you have the opportunity to like, look at it like, okay, like, yes, I made a mistake. Instead of like beating yourself up, you're like, okay, like, how is my top? Like, what can I do better next time? Like, it's not like mm-hmm. that mistake says something about me as a person, as a player. It's like, it says something about the action that I did. And like, it's just feedback. And so once I realized like, yeah. you know, I don't have to be perfect. And I also, I realized after games, um, you know, I would focus on like the one mistake I made, the two balls I hit out, And so I had this routine in my phone after a game. I would open up my notepad and I would write down like what went well. So, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe it's like I did really good in blocking today or, you know, I made two good defensive moves. Uh, And then the next question would be like, what can I do next time to improve? And it's like um, maybe it's like even like make more eye contact with my teammates after a mistake Um, And so it's just not focusing, like, all the things that went bad, but acknowledging, like, the things that went good. So it's like, I'm not just, like, on that perfectionist route of just being like, okay, you know, I'm going to play perfect. And um, also going into the game, not thinking, having that expectation, like, I'm going to play perfect, but saying, like, okay, I know I'm going to do my best. And when mistakes happen, I'm going to choose this. So it's kind of like having that plan of, like, okay, when I do make a mistake, like, what is my, you know, reaction going to be? Like, what am I going to choose? Um, so, kind of be aware, like, aware about that. Does that kind of, like, create a better picture of, like, connection and that, like, transition? Yeah,
0: absolutely. Because then that also gives the examples, like, what did you actually yeah. like, or This, but, but, like, but, like, how? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Having different examples that they can hear about, I think, is very valuable.
1: Yeah, and being able to look back and see it and be like, okay, when you do have that day, like, oh, I'm not making progress. Like, look at all the things that went well, like the little victories that you had and like having it like right there on paper. So like, you can't like discredit it. Yeah.
0: And uh, I'm thinking where to go next. I want to go to the uh, I guess I would love to continue on this path, but I know the same theme comes up when we're talking about the season. So you played in the very, very high level teams and clubs in your life. So is there some memory that you remember? Like this season was especially hard for me. So why was that? And how did you overcome that?
1: Um, I would say like I had a season where we went through a lot of changes and we went through like multiple coaches. And I just didn't have like um the capacity to manage myself and my energy and my boundaries and um I just absorbed a lot so by the end of the season I was just completely exhausted like I focused on so much that was out of my control and it left me feeling exhausted and I really learned the power of focusing on what you can't control and what is in your control and like letting that bring you peace and letting that like just guide mm. the direction and you know what you you know what you go about on your day-to-day basis. Because I was like, completely exhausted mentally after that season. Yeah.
0: And was there something that you remember especially that was super helpful at the, that time? Like, was there a vision that, like, kept you going? Or what was the kind of, like, the inner motivation or something that you were able to tap into when it was so hard?
1: Um. I mean, honestly... The thing is, like, I didn't have the tools to do that. So that's why, like, it was so difficult. Mm -hmm. And that was just like a huge lesson because I didn't have those tools. I literally just, like, you know, didn't do well in that department. So I learned, like, what can I do better next time? Like, you know, because, like, you know, the coaching is out of my control. Like, how other teammates react to situations is out of my control. Like, you know, other people having problems on the team is outside of my control, but like, I can't let that control, like how I show up at practice, you know, focus that I put in, like, um, and you know, the determination that I still hold and access. And so, you know, looking back, like, you know, I would, you know, I would have just not been a part of like the conversations that were kind of just complaining and like that were frustrated and just like you know always negative and then I wouldn't focus on like oh god like what is going to happen to this coach and this coach and be like okay that is out of my control I need to make sure that I do my job so that we can you know try to win try to turn things around and just like give the best energy and the best version of me to the situation and not be one more like crazy factor that can't like contribute to this situation
0: yeah that's so good and then what about the best season that you have had what happened oh um, that it was so good for you
1: so for me actually playing brazil was one of the best experiences that i had um just coming in it was a new country for me i had no idea what to expect like the traveling the players the culture the facilities um and just, like, the the everyday, like, ups and downs of, like, what it looks like to be playing in Brazil. Mm-hmm. And so, and I know, like, the fans are very passionate. And, you know, I wanted to do well. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to put a crazy expectation of myself to go and just show. Because I know, like, you know, I hadn't been playing for a year. And, you know, people are like, okay, wh- what is she going to do? How is she going to play? So I knew, like, okay. I'm going to focus on what I can control. I can't control what people say and I can't control like how it's everything is going to work out. But I know that I'm not going to put crazy expectations on myself. I'm going to work hard. And as things come and as I learn, I'm just going to learn to like adapt. And it just like allowed me to just enjoy the culture and learn the language. And like, as things made me, there were challenges um, just take them as they went, and, you know, just play free and not feel like I had to, like, show up in, like, a certain way. Yeah. So it just was so freeing.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that because many people do describe, like, their best seasons as, a, like, I just felt free when I was playing. Yeah. And I didn't actually, I didn't know that you had, a, um like, an off-season between. Uh, so what was the reason for the off-season, if I may ask?
1: Yeah. So I had a, like a knee problem back in 2019. It was just swelling. Like we couldn't find like a problem to it. And then COVID happened. And so, um, I was playing in Turkey the year before and I had left early, um, just to go back with the national team to get just the care that I needed to compete for the 2000, the next Olympic cycle. And so I had a chance. Yeah. Um, and so I so I ended up only doing a half season so having that like unknown for teams I was like okay what's happening what happens so it was a little bit like risky for teams and so yeah this
0: is so interesting so I guess you took a season off but then were able to go to like one of the best leagues and have the best season um Mm -hmm. and I think for many if they take it season off or time off or they're just off because of an injury, something that wasn't like their choice necessarily. But well, were you able to do that? Because I think oftentimes when we come back from a break, it's a lot of comparison between like, I should like I should be better than this, I was there, and comparing mm-hmm. themselves to like what they were before. So how were you able to turn that voice down and play freely?
1: Yeah. I mean, like, like you said, like going into a whole new country, going into like a situation where I want to play well. And I'm not sure like, you know, when I get there, it's gonna be like, okay, let's see what we got. Um, mm-hmm. It was a big, high stress situation that I could have turned into like a, a very stressful situation. But yeah, sure. I just wanted to go in like having grace with myself and letting myself, you know, go through a process and a progress. And luckily, my, my coaching staff, they never... You know put that kind of pressure on me and they're like hey i know you're coming back like we had some other athletes coming back from having babies um and so luckily i had them on my side to just create a really good plan and it wasn't Mm -hmm. all on me to be like okay you have to perform and so with having them being like taking such good care of me and creating like a like a realistic plan to return i just felt like i was in good hands and it allowed me to like, have that grace for myself. And they reminded me like, hey, like, it's a progress. Like, let's not go too crazy, we'll get too frustrated. Like, it's.
0: Oh, yeah, I, that just I think to me, that a shows the strength of your mindset and how you have been able to train it. So that like that kind of situation actually ended up being like a super amazing experience instead of like one of those frustrating ones where everything just feels like so much pressure. And Mm -hmm. you've also said it so many times, like it's like that you put that pressure on yourself. Mm -hmm. It was not really coming like externally. Has that always been
1: the case for you? But in college, so in college you play for like four months and then you kind of like have a spring season... Then you pick up back again in August. So it's like from December till that next season in like August. So I remember in December, we were playing in the final four or like the championship. And then in August, we picked up preseason to begin another season. And I was in tears because I wasn't playing exactly like I was in December. I (laughs) know. the amount of pressure I was putting on myself of unreal, unrealistic things, like, why can I kill this ball like this? Why can I, like, why is my touch off? Like, what is going on? And, yeah. you know, I I think a coach came up to me. I was like, Rachel, like, you haven't played since December. Or, like, wh- how are you putting this expectation on yourself to be exactly how you were at the end of a season? Like, that's insane. And I was just like... Mm-hmm. It really opened my eyes, like, you know, like how ridiculously hard I was being on myself. Um, and so now going forward to that situation in, you know, Brazil, and I was like, all right, like, let's have some patience. You know, of course, I, I lost my patience in some moments, but I now have that awareness and that, like, experience and that mindset to be like, okay, like, see when it's happening and be able to, like, talk myself through it.
0: Yeah. And I that's a great example for so many people. And also I remember when I applied, like, even though it might have been a good pass I was libero, um, if it wasn't a perfect touch that like, you know, like evenly hit my platform, I was always kinda like dissatisfied with it. It doesn't yeah. actually make that much sense. Like why would I deny myself the opportunity to be happy about it because it was good enough for that situation? It doesn't need to be perfect every single time. And that's such a big like yeah. Time for introspection. Like where does that demand come from? Because oftentimes it's not even coming from outside. Yeah, and it's not. Yeah. So how is that something that you wish you would have done differently in your career? Something that you would um, done like just differently. Now looking back.
1: No, I mean, you know, we always like look back at things as like, you know, in like hindsight but I've learned so much from every step of my career even the moments that like I don't want to relive again or like you know you (laughs) you wouldn't that wouldn't have have happened or like maybe if I did this but like I know everything that I've experienced even like the things that I didn't want to experience like the disappointments the no's um or the challenges or the tears like they've definitely helped me grow and like to be able to sit here as a mindset and confidence mentor for female athletes, like everything that mm-hmm. I've learned and all the disappointments that I had allowed me to do that. So everything that I am able to share with these athletes is because I've experienced them too. And I could say like, me yeah. too, I know what you're going through life. me too. Yeah, and it's not easy. No, it's not easy. <laughs>
0: Hey, let's take a 60 second break from this episode, because if you want to do better in your sport, but find it challenging to block out the distractions, maybe handle the pressure or stay focused on what truly matters. The present moment, not other people's opinions or the previous rally or what you're going to eat later tonight. If any of that sounded like you, I've got something for you. I want to give you an exclusive training session that I did this fall, and you'll be learning how to silence the external noise and laser focus on what's important, you and your performance. So I will be diving into the techniques that will allow you to improve your mental focus and resiliency so you can be more consistent. Because isn't that the dream? If I could just perform at a better level, more consistently? Well, improving your focus is such a big part of that. So don't miss out on this opportunity. Go grab the free training through the link in the show notes, or you can also go to the website bit.ly forward slash So it's bit.ly forward slash athlete focus. See you there. Live. Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah. there is
0: some, yeah, go ahead, sorry.
1: Yeah, because come up with certain things and like, why is this happening? Like, you know, it shouldn't be easy, but like, no, this is exactly what should be happening. Like, and I always say, like, embrace the journey, embrace, you know, everything that comes, like the ups and the downs, like it's all a part of it. Yeah, it is. Like the ups and the downs, like it's all a part of it. Yeah, it is. And so you were
0: also a mentor for athletes. And was it especially for female athletes?
1: Yeah. And so it's especially for female athletes, because I can totally relate and just the heaviness, um, you know, that that female athletes like put on themselves compared to their male counterparts. Like I'm not saying that, you know, male athletes don't like you know, see mindset stuff, but I feel like female athletes go through a special, you know, amount of difficulty with social media and expectations of when and, um, you know, just comparison and self-doubt and um, not showing up to rooms because they feel like they're not capable where, like, you know, men can, like, show up even if they don't feel like they're 50% and they're like, hey, like, I'm going to give it a shot. Like, if if it's not... You know, I don't have it. I don't have it. But, you know, I feel like we take things specially to heart and, you know, they kind of hit us in certain ways. And I just want to be like what I have, what I wish I would have.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also, um, would you mind telling us what was your self-talk like? Like any examples of how does it sound like to you when it's healthy? Mm-hmm.
1: Um. So like what it sounds like is we would talk. To a teammate or a friend, and when it's not like half the things that we say to us, or say to ourselves during you know our performances, is not something that we would say to a teammate. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, say I'm in a game and I'm not playing well, instead of just like you know, harping on like, God, I'm not playing well, or this isn't going how I expected, be like, and I just have that like of thing, like, okay, like this this isn't going how I want it but like what can I do going forward or like what can I change like maybe my attack isn't there like how can I like need better at blocking or like um or like you know just like a kind teammate like what a teammate would say to you like okay like that's not going well like what else can you focus on or like okay I need you now like um like what can you do now like stay in this keep the eye contact so it's just being I love the voice in my head of support through difficult moments um, instead of like what I call it like a bully of just like, mm-hmm. you know, bullying myself to the point where it's like, I'm no point, I'm no service to any of my teammates on the court.
0: Yeah. And does that same work for you when you work through your perfectionism? As you mentioned, I love that like with it progress towards perfection, but you can still do that journey kind of like towards perfection without being a perfectionist. Is that a similar way that you process to uh, wanting to go towards perfectionism but not being a perfectionist? I,
1: Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, of course people say like strive to be perfect, but like, but I think it's just like, you know, it's about the progress that you're making along the way. Like, I mean, it's not just focusing on am I perfect but it's like did I get better you know like Uh, that's an awesome mindset wanting to like be a better like improve in your passing and Mm -hmm. you're just focusing on like okay I have to get every single ball to the target and if I don't it's all crap you know and it's not that's not how you should look at it. it's like okay how many more balls today can I get to the target than I did tomorrow Or how many times today can I make sure my platform is at a good angle? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, you know, 70% of the time, it's not like if I, it's not like basing it on like, did I get every perfect pass or did I not, you know, like it's not an all or nothing, but it's like focusing on that in between. Oh, absolutely.
0: I, and that's something that I think is one of the biggest one, biggest struggles that athletes have nowadays. It is just way too much. But what do you see, um, in your opinion, like what are the themes that athletes struggle the most with?
1: Um, I definitely, so I'm just starting out into this, but the things that I've noticed is it's a lot of perfectionism for sure, and which like kills confidence. Um, Yeah. And then just, I guess like the self-doubt, like not thinking that their capability that they have, like, you know, match up with like the task at hand. Um, I think those are like the two biggest things for me right now. Yeah, absolutely. It, I and I not that, compassion. You know, to make mistakes, like beating themselves up and not like giving themselves grace—the same grace that they give all their other teammates. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you see?
0: Yeah, that one for sure just the perfectionism and the expectations that we put, like our athletes put on themselves are just too much and they're like kind of like worded wrong so that they have no other way to succeed unless they're perfect mm-hmm. and then everything else underneath it is kind of like i failed and then it goes to like okay then i suck or like okay. um or i don't deserve to be here i'm not good enough and then that behavior kind of becomes I don't know like kind of like prevalent in all situations where it actually doesn't need to be there like you you can have a bad day in practice too and still be okay with it knowing that okay let's say today I was working on through like how good can I be when I'm off Mm -hmm. or do I let myself down and how do I talk to myself also on the days when I'm down or like my touch Mm -hmm. is off or something like that because oftentimes we're just like to create this huge pressure of like I need to be so good and we all play great some days, but we cannot expect ourselves to be great every single day. But so then if we can like raise the bottom a little bit, I think that would help with a lot of athletes and also their confidence. So it's not that like only they can feel confident only when they like perform at that 1% level that happens like 1% of the time. Mm-hmm. Because then your confidence is just kind of like based on a super flimsy level. Yeah. And that's something that I wish we wouldn't do, but I understand yeah. where it comes from. But that's something that I am so passionate about teaching. Like, okay, the confidence can actually come from who you are and what do you represent and how do you do things daily, not necessarily about the achievement. They can help. They can absolutely help and boost you, but not be the main piece of your confidence.
1: Yeah. And I'm curious. So I was working with a, I had an athlete um, ask me yesterday, So we were talking about like, you know, they asked because, okay, I I was talking about Jordan Larson and how she has this standard of like, no matter what she's doing, she puts, she keeps herself to a standard. Like if it's the simple butterfly drill or if it's a little bit Mm -hmm. she looks at it the same way. And then also you don't want to strive for perfection, but how do you maintain that balance of still holding yourself to a high standard and not wanting to like, be crap, but also not feeling like you have to be perfect. I'm curious, like, what you're...
0: Uh, so that's a good question. I think this is something that I absolutely struggled with. Like, okay, how can I be committed enough to be really good and focused in this drill? Mm-hmm. Even though it not it's not necessarily serving me the best way as an athlete to develop me, because there are sometimes situations where I felt like just passing free balls as libero Mm-hmm. okay not going all the way to the extreme of like okay this is an easy drill then I need to get hundred percent of these balls perfect hmm you know so for me it became more of like can I train my focus to be just about this ball just about mm-hmm. this one little moment that I have at hand and I think that helped me so much through that I was able, like when I am in the present moment I'm not frustrated about the drill or thinking about like okay now i need to get the next five balls perfect because this is an easy drill Mm -hmm. that helped me so much more because then i remove the expectations and create kind of like this space for me to like perform in this moment and Mm i'm actually reading the ball what it's doing and like where my angle is right now facing at but if i'm still you know just either creating that pressure for myself. I'm usually a little bit more tense and then my self-talk isn't really great afterwards. You know, I think that would be one that I would say just focusing on the present moment and training my mind to like the skill of refocusing. Um, It is funny
1: what you said. We worked so heavily with the national team, um, with our sports psychiatrist and it really helped us um, be a better team. It was like getting back to the present moment. Like when you start to think about like, what could happen? Can we lose or blah, blah, blah. Or you start to think like, God, like I just made so many mistakes, but it's like bringing yourself back to the present moment and figuring out like, what is that thing? So for me, it was like, um, in between points, I would, you know, a point would happen and I would go walk to a line and like put my dad yeah. on it and then walk back to my spot. So it kind of like reset me. It's like, how often can we just reset ourselves um, Yeah, and like focus on that one thing at he- at hand and it was like we just focus on like one ball at a time, not like mm-hmm. all the other things, but like what is the next thing that I have to do? Like, okay, is it happening? Mm-hmm. Is it my platform? Is it just getting this ball to target and not think about like the million other things that you have next to do? So it's, I love that you said that.
0: Yeah. and. Yeah, I I have seen people use that one a lot. Exactly just like going to the sideline or the end line if they're Liberos or passers. And for me it was a little bit similar, but I also just had like if I was especially like a bad pass, so then I was just like wiping my hands. Kind of like, Okay, I'm wiping this mistake, like this is gonna be gone now. It's not serving me anymore in this next moment. And then just a super deep breath. Because for me, if I was able to do that, and then once I learned it to do like, I needed three to four seconds to actually empty my lungs and just do this very big exhale, passing became easy, you know, like actually having relaxed shoulders makes a world of difference. But it's hard when we are in that moment and it feels super tense and we're just consumed by all these thoughts and future scenarios like what can happen and I should be doing this and this and this. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, now the service comes, i It's going to survive. <laughs> and then it's hard to be like actually lose in that moment. And for me, that's something that helped me so much to become a better pastor just to learn how to be a loser in those moments when it actually mattered the most, mm-hmm. but still treating it as if like, It's the same. The ball is the
1: same. And I'll be fine no matter what. And you'll be... Zach, it's not going to say anything about you as a person or whatever. Like, you'll be okay. And knowing you'll be okay, like, allows you to enter that situation, like, with so much more ease. And not just practicing this, like, the day of the... In the game, but in practice... You know, like that's where it starts, like building those skill sets and practice. So like when those moments happen during the game, like you have those reps of like knowing how to like get through it and make, you know, the adjustments and work on the breath and work on restarting. And
0: Yeah, absolutely. So what do you do nowadays? Like what's your routine like for your mental performance? How do you keep it at a good level or improve it? Um,
1: yeah, for Even before serving, you and you'll see so many athletes now. Like their their serving routine involves a big deep breath, and not Mm -hmm. just to breathe, but because like it's science that like it brings oxygen to your brain, it allows you to relax and allows you like bring yourself back to the present moment. So like you'll see athletes like okay, and then serve, and so that's huge for me. Just like breathing, and. Just having those like resetting moments um, on the court mm-hmm. to bring back myself back to the present moment, and just feeling myself um, before the game. I like to like bend over and like put my um, hands on the floor and just like take like four deep breaths because like no matter kind of like what happened in before the warm up or during the warm up or like the anxieties before that, just like bringing myself back to this present moment, like feeling the ground grounding myself and like you know just resetting everything and like taking those deep breaths yeah
0: because I think um that is one of the keys you can like let me know how do you feel about this but if you for example start the game and you play bad like the first set is just not going the way you want is that a way for you to flip it for the next set so you are able to like pick yourself up and not continue down the spiral Or how do you kind of pick yourself up from those moments when it's just not
1: good and you know it? Yeah, I mean, that's a sign of like a high-level athlete because, you know, it's so easy to go, you know, if you make one mistake, if you make two mistakes, to just go down that rabbit hole. Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, the best athletes like can make mistakes and get themselves out of that place and can like turn it around. Because like what happens when you're at the Olympics and you hit the first two balls out? Are you gonna be able to like get yourself back like can your teammates still count on you um or are you just gonna like hang your head um going Mm -hmm. being able to get yourself out of that place and so for me it's just it's all about kind of it starts at the awareness like knowing like where your mind is going so if like the game is going bad and you're like you notice your head your thoughts start like god we're sucking or this isn't we can't we're not gonna win this or this isn't looking good you can like catch yourself and be like okay all right, that really sucked. Like, what can I do in this next set to turn it around? And like on the national team, we talked a lot about like, all right, what can we do now? What can we do next? Like, what upgrades can we make um, to make yeah. this better? And so for me, it's a lot of like asking myself, like, what upgrades can I make um, to turn this around um, so we don't keep going down this path? Because volleyball, it's all about momentum. So like, how can I change this momentum? Um, Because it can change our way in matters of, you know, three or four points. So how can I help be a part of that?
0: That's a great answer. And I need to take a little side path from here because you were talking about that, like, what do you do with your teammates? And I also love the word upgrade. Like what the upgrade is that I can do here. I think that sounds like a positive movement that you're going to do instead of like, okay, how can I fix this mistake mistake that I made? Mm -hmm. You know? So I love the phrasing of that is, I think, very positive, like in a good way. But then how do you keep your like, teammates accountable? I think that has, a, has been a good discussion that we have had um, this year a lot with um, my team and also like I'm coaching seventeens this year. Do we allow teammates hold each other accountable and how so that it actually stays positive? How do you do it? oh encourage it for example or it's more like no coach should be the one who like you know holds people accountable and that's it
1: yeah no I definitely think like it should be player driven and to be able to hold each other accountable you have to create like a safe space or you're going to think you're feeling you're being attacked you have to know your teammates are coming from a good place um and that everyone has good intentions, and that is to like they want to yeah. win and they want to like the best for the team. And it's so it's creating that environment to where those that trust can be made, um, and that trust can be felt. And I this kind of connects with it, and it kind of doesn't. But um, you know, when teammates do kind of like spiral and things do get out of control, one conversation mm-hmm. or activity that I love that we had as a team was. Um, to say like okay when I am down this is what I need because everyone needs something Mm -hmm. different some people want to be screamed at some people want to you know want a funny joke some people want to like hey, like you are so good you know a reminder and so everyone's different but knowing like what each of your teammates need during like those times of like when they dip because like everyone dips. yeah but then knowing that like you have the skills to like help your teammates. I think that is huge. So having a conversation beforehand so you can like show up for your teammates. Yep, I love that
0: because I do think there were a couple words that were like especially close to my heart, like safety and trust mm-hmm. in that team environment. I have like obviously probably all of us have been in teams where the feedback that has been given to you has not felt good. And it has Mm -hmm. been just kind of like hurtful and almost like, you know, bring you down or makes some people to close, you know, like, okay this is just too much. And then they like, you know, withdraw because it was just like, I don't want to be open in this situation anymore. It's too much. Yeah. Um, So then creating that safe and trust that you can trust that your teammate wants the best for you. And the way that they're saying it is something that you were communicating earlier that this is how I want to be treated or Mm -hmm. like helped in these situations absolutely love that because it's designed to me it sounds like a sign of a good team and very good in team environment and player-driven I also like that word a lot it's actually player-driven that the accountability comes from the inside of the team awesome answers okay I know we're about time to um, finish this so I had yeah two more questions so what do you think athletes should focus more on in your opinion
1: that would help them out um gosh i mean for me the thing that the first thing that popped in my mind is just having compassion for yourself being gentle for yourself because you hear a lot of athletes in the news with a lot of like mental health issues mm-hmm. and so much of like our confidence to tie their mental health and how we feel about ourselves how we feel about our lives and the amount of pressure that we put on ourselves and we think that we've made And not feeling like we're doing well or, you know, things aren't going well. And it just starts to build up. And if we can have that compassion for ourselves and know, like, you know, we're not alone, you know, that this is not everything that defines us and that, like, you know, this game is not everything. And just having compassion for ourselves through the mistakes that we've made and um, the challenges um, through the tough times. I think is huge for athletes because, you know, mm-hmm. being an athlete is not easy. The things that we carry, the things that we navigate on a daily basis, you know, we have to face failure, you know, within a game so many times, like every point yeah. is kind of like a failure or a mistake. And we have to learn how to like navigate constantly feeling, constantly making mistakes. And I think the the number one thing is just like have that compassion for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, know, I love
0: that answer. And then the last question is like, is there something else? Like your like last words, something that you wish to say to people and athletes? Uh, also, you can absolutely tell about your mentorship.
1: Uh, say, um, but it's definitely like, actually it's, you know, being an Olympian, playing at a high level, like letting athletes know that like the things that they're navigating, like they're not alone. Like we are all feeling this in the same sort of way. And like, even the athletes that they look up to, let's say in the NBA or soccer are still navigating the same thing. Then they're just on like different chapters and we're all experiencing these same feelings. Um, and it's just learning about yourself and learning about your mindset and how to navigate those things. And that's what I want to help other female athletes do, um, and right now I am offering a free three three week mini mentorship program that athletes can apply to. Um, female athletes ages between eighteen and twenty five, and they can DM me. So if you're listening to this and you're interested, DM me, and I'll get you the survey of how to like enter yourself into the selection. Um, and then in July August, I'll be launching my mentorship program for female athletes to own their confidence uh through the power of mindset and i can't wait to get started and Mm -hmm. athletes that i have been working on are amazing and just honestly seeing what you're doing and the success that you've had and all the athletes lives that you've changed um it's so inspiring so i'm so happy to like be talking with you and just like talking through these things and like hearing your story so just like a big thank you oh absolutely
0: and yeah, I am just so glad and happy that you're also coming back, like, you know, giving back to athletes and sharing the things that you have learned because I'm sure there's so many valuable lessons. And I'm. And that's a wrap for this episode of the Aspiring High Performers Podcast. I hope you found today's conversation as inspiring as I did. And please remember that achieving more does not have to come at the expense of your well being or happiness anymore. So before we part ways, I want to share two important things with you. One, if today's conversation resonated with you, if it reinforced that thought of what could be possible for you, then consider becoming part of the community. So please subscribe to the podcast and take a moment to leave a review. Your feedback means the world to me, honestly, and it helps me continue bringing you valuable content. Secondly, as we venture forward on this journey, I invite you to join our exclusive WhatsApp group, absolutely free of charge. Here you'll find a community of like-minded individuals, all driven by similar dreams and desires, and we can make reaching that next level just a little bit easier when we are surrounded by support and shared aspirations. And lastly, thank you so much for tuning in and being a part of today's episode. So until next time, stay driven and go master the day because you might just be closer to your goals than you think.